Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future Technologies, poised to transform our lives for better or worse, are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Almost here, around the corner technology. And today I'm here with uh, Jose Rodriguez, uh, the VP of Payments for Bitso, B-I-T-S-O.com. Jose, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. Yeah, yeah. So if if you would, just let listeners know what uh, Bitso does in the Bitcoin space. Yes, uh, of course. Bitso was the first Bitcoin exchange in Mexico. It started operating in April of 2014. Uh, since then, we added uh, Ethereum, which is would be the, the second biggest market in crypto. And um, going from there, we started doing some uh, financial services and integrations with, uh, with other companies and also doing some internal developments according to some um, products and services that our customers have been asking for. So, yeah, it's interesting you guys have included Ethereum. Um, there, if you... Uh, companies have done that. Everyone seems to be sticking to Bitcoin only so far. But um, before we get into that, what's the climate like, the legal climate in Mexico? How does the government perceive Bitcoin? What what are the regulations there? Well, in 2014, the Mexican Central Bank did a warning about uh, volatility of Bitcoin, that it wasn't backed by government. And it was mostly like the overall uh, warnings that most central banks have done around the world, just a Mexican version. And they published it. That, that, that was the first time the government actually talked about Bitcoin. But there wasn't any, there wasn't any restrictions or it wasn't, it wasn't banned or anything. It just was a warning from the central bank. Um, after that, uh, different um, government a- agencies started uh, talking about Bitcoin. They did a publication at the end of 2015 saying that... Um, Bitcoin would have those same restrictions as cash has in, in Mexico. So you cannot pay, for example, in a, for a house in cash because of money laundering rules, or you cannot pay a car that is over like $15,000 in cash. You can pay it partially in cash, but you cannot pay it whole. So, and all, that's also for, for metals and for artwork and those are like the those are like, like the stuff that probably organized crime would be involved involved with. So they they want to prevent uh, putting these restrictions on cash, and they place the same restrictions on Bitcoin. So you can also partially pay, for example, for a house and for artwork or for metals in Bitcoin, but you cannot pay it in in, in whole if it goes above certain limits. Um, okay. After that, they started uh, talking about uh, trying to regulate Bitcoin. So uh, actually, they, they have announced that they are in the works for a fintech uh, law in Mexico. So Bitcoin and blockchain will be included there, as well as other uh, fintech technology that has been starting to to have a, a lot of uh, new users and uh, attention in Mexico. Um, there has been in the late years some new startups, uh, fintech startups, and and some interesting companies doing uh, digital wallets, peer-to-peer lending, uh, marketplace lending, and us with Bitcoins. So as they started to grow, the, the, the authorities thought it was a good time to start regulating it. 
Well, what are some of the regulations you're seeing uh, being proposed? Are they good or bad? What's, what's your opinion on them? What do you see? What they're mostly what, what they're mostly interested in is uh, avoiding money laundering and for people running away with customers' money. So that is that is one of the biggest concerns uh, because uh, banking is heavily regulated and there 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 are some steps and there are some um, some procedures that you have to do in order to open a financial institution. But for fintech, there wasn't anything. So they just want to. Uh, uh, make it clear for companies what are the requirements and and what would you have to be able to do in order to open and operate this with this type of companies. So they they haven't they, they haven't uh, made the regulation public. Um, it should be public in the next weeks. Um, they 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 haven't um, published it yet, but they're in the works of it. Uh, they they had been. Um, an intent to publish it on last September, but it goes, got postponed. So hopefully by by the by next month we will have some clarity on what the regulators want and how we would be working in the future. So what does um, Bitcoin adoption look like in Mexico? Um, how widespread is it? There are a lot of local Bitcoin users. You know, what does it look like? Yeah, well, before Bitso, most of the activity was on local Bitcoins. Uh, and when we when we opened Bitso, it it took a while to take off. Like people were interested, but it was more curious people or people that wanted to speculate or people that wanted to take advantage. For example, in arbitrage, because there was there was so so few Bitcoin activities, there were some interesting arbitrage opportunities that would be buying Bitcoins in the U.S. and selling them in Mexico. There was a there was a a, a big reward for doing that. Um, after that, uh, people started seeing uh, the other interesting use cases, which is what we're seeing lately. So in 2014, I would say it was mostly speculators. People wanted to get into the technology, knowing the technology. And in 2015, more users came over. In 2016, we started seeing a, a huge growth. We, we started seeing the company grow like over 40,000 month over month in, in volume and, and also in new users. So it started taking off uh, like in the middle of 2016, and now in 2017, it, it's 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 continuing with that pace. Um, so right now, what we're seeing is not only people that want to invest or people that want to save in Bitcoin or want to speculate, but also people that see interesting use cases, like for example, making an international payment or receiving receiving money from abroad. Uh, having their payments done in Bitcoin instead of having an, an international transfer, for example, when they when they when they do it through Bitcoin, they notice that it's faster, that it's cheaper, and they have complete visibility of what is happening with the, with their transaction. Something that if you try to call your bank teller or your or your account or the person that handles your account, it would be very difficult to have that information firsthand. How much? Um money do you estimate is remitted to Mexico each year around the world? Uh, I don't have the exact um, number, but uh, it, the U.S.-Mexico corridor is, is one of the, it's, 
it's the biggest in Mexico. And one interesting fact is that for many years, the the income for oil was the highest income in U.S. dollars in Mexico. And from uh, a year, a year uh, ending the end of 2015, remittance took over as the main income for U.S. dollars to Mexico. Okay. So with um, with Bitso, what's is the primary focus of the company and what's the primary use case that you guys are helping people with? Well, the, the core business is, is the exchange. Uh, but what we have done is have partnerships from around the world with other Bitcoin and other fintech companies. So what we try to do is, is to create this uh, financial system that gets simplified having uh, Bitcoin and blockchain in part of the process. So, for example, one interesting use case that we saw is uh, people that wanted to send money over to India. So, normally, you don't only send it directly from Mexican pesos to Indian rupees. You have to pass for by U.S. dollars and several other banks and corresponding banks. So, for them, it, it, it was amazing that they ha- there were there were uh, losing between 15 to 20 percent per, per transaction, and the transaction took like a week. When we started doing it with Bitcoin, uh, they had also almost spot price between Mexican peso and Indian rupees and had the, the transactions on the same day. So that is a use case that is very interesting for, for everyone that does um, international commerce here in Mexico or has international customers or want to pay international, uh, wants, needs to make an international payment. And another one that was very interesting last year was when Steam, the video game platform, started receiving uh, Bitcoin payments. Suddenly, we saw a huge surge in customers between 18 and 25 years old, and all of them depositing like around 10 to 20 dollars. And we were very curious as we had the spike in this in this type of customers of why what they were using Bitcoin for. And in in Mexico, we have a partnership with BitPay. We, we 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 settle uh, BitPay transactions, so they were done through BitPay. We contacted BitPay and told them, hey, like, could we know where 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 these payments to what merchant it's going from? And they told us Steam. So most of these people uh, were using Bitcoin. They didn't know about Bitcoin. They didn't know about Bitso. They only knew it was a fast way to pay for their video games any time of day. So people between those ages don't have a credit card. And their debit card wasn't accepted as payments because there are there are uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, card fraud in Mexico. So sometimes, uh, for international uh, commerce, you you uh, they don't accept de- debit cards from Mexico. So that was a case with Steam. So it was a way to 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 make their payments easier and without any problems. They would simply go deposit uh, 200, 300, 400 pesos. Uh, they would have their Bitcoin send it over to Steam and they would buy whatever they would like in their platform, easy and fast. Right. That's good. Does, I didn't realize, does Mexico have a problem, a, a perception problem around the world? You said with debit cards it may, um, does it have to overcome any perceptions from other countries on uh, you know, if its money is good or not? Well, overall, I think in, in Latin America, there there's some problems with with uh, credit card and debit card fraud. Uh, 
what what I've seen in Mexico is that unfortunately it's a crime that it's that it's not prosecuted because of the complexity and because of the amounts. So sometimes when you get a fraud, for example, for a thousand dollars or less than a thousand dollars, it probably will be more expensive to go after those criminals and make the criminal case and have lawyers, etc., than to simply take it as a loss. So that is that is sometimes the bad incentive that there is for for um, online criminals to make this um, to make well to to commit these crimes. So that is so sometimes uh, international um, co- international merchants do not accept uh, Mexican debit card. It isn't generalized, but for example, I think right. Steam was one of the problems that they had. Okay. All right. So um, with Bitso, tell me a little bit more about, um, you know, literally how people use it and how it works. What, what do they do to start using it? Well, one of the first, you go to Bitso.com and you open your, your account. We have uh, three level accounts. The level one, you can you can buy up to two hundred fifty dollars. And with that type of account, what we need is your name, your email, your date of birth, and a mobile number. Um, with that, you can transact up to up to $250. Our next uh, level, it's level two, you can transact up to 150,000 pesos, which would be around $7,000 uh, per day. With that, what we do is uh, KYC, w- in which we ask for your, um, your ID that has to match the information that you input on the level one account. And... Um, and a proof of, of residency. Uh, with that, we have internally a compliance and a, law, and a, and a legal department which check this, check this information, see it's not a counterfeit, it's real, that it matches the names. And with that, you can open your, your level two account. And we also have some level three accounts in which you can transact up to 50,000, which you can deposit or withdraw up to $50,000 daily. In which, well, we ask for some extra information, like where, where are the funds coming from? Like if you were opening like a stockbroker or a bank account with a higher limit. So we, we try to comply, although it's not regulated, we ought to regulate as if we were a financial company to avoid any money laundering or, or, or criminal activity inside the platform. Um, and it's really easy. And once you open, an account with us, um, you, you get allocated a, a, a bank account number in which when you make the deposits or withdraws from your accounts, they're almost instant. So we made this integration into the Mexican banking system in which if you deposit or you withdraw from your bank account, it's almost done immediately. Wow. That's great. Okay. Um, what made you guys decide to add Ethereum? I mean, what what use are you seeing for that? Just trading or people holding or what, what do you see? Yeah, well, we 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 normally have a lot of of people uh, sending in tickets or tr- communicating with Bitso, and some of the some of the things that we've done is because we see a potential business in it, but before, also because uh, customers ask for for specific uh, developments. One of them was Ethereum. So at the be- beginning of last year. Uh, we we started doing the integration and we did a, we started operating Ethereum and I think it was April 2015. I'll tell you right now. It was just before the the DAO happened and all the 
forks. We, we, we didn't oh, yeah. expect that to happen. Um, sure. But, well, it, it, it was quite a ride. <laughs> um, sure. So... So it was at the I think in the beginning of 2015. So we 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 did that and actually there most of our volume comes from um comes comes from um from Bitcoin. But there were some days in which uh, Ethereum buyers buyers and sellers. Uh, March 2016, in which Ethereum buyers and sellers would surpass the the Bitcoin volume. This didn't happen every day. It happened in some days, but but it did actually happen. It, it mostly happened, for example, when uh, Bit, uh, Ethereum prices was spiking, and also while the well while the DAO was was uh, getting funded because of all the demand and all the price surge. It also happens. So what we have is a parity between Bitcoin and Mexican peso, and we also have an Ethereum versus Mexican peso. Hmm. Are, you, are you finding that it's uh, you're getting a lot more volume and more customer interaction by offering Ethereum? No, actually, what we we still have more volume by Bitcoin. We do have some spikes and and some. Um, we we do have some spikes in certain days. For example, when there are price surges, like last month, there was a day that it went up like 25%, I think. And also when they had events like the Dow, on those days, for example, we do have a, a bigger volume than Bitcoin. But normally, our, our biggest volume comes from because of the Bitcoin versus Mexican pesos party. Are you considering any, any other cryptos like Dash or... Um... <laughs> Not right now. No, not right now, um, especially because our our main focus was uh, Bitcoin. And of all the, the all the trouble that uh, happened with with Ethereum, so there, uh, I mean, partners here and and people inside are thinking a lot before adding something else. So by the moment, there won't be any. But if in the future there was a, a good, uh, mostly a demand in, in Mexico, for example, right now there isn't such a big community in any other uh, crypto. There is some interest and there are some people trading it, but not as big to open a market. But if it made uh, sense business-wise and we felt uh, really, uh, and, and we felt that it, it wouldn't be such uh, much trouble and, and so much work, and we had more resources, we probably would would consider adding uh, another one. What about um, helping merchants to accept Bitcoin? I don't know how pervasive um, credit and debit cards are in Mexico, but I would guess there's probably a significant population of poor people that maybe have no access to banking. Um, yeah. What other plays are you guys looking at for your country? That that is also one of the use cases that we're interested in. Uh, the, the the people uh, that don't have access to the banking system. So anyone that opens a Bitso account, either on their in their phone or their computer, mostly on their phone. Many many people in Mexico have a phone smartphones, so they can open a Bitso account and they would have access to some, some, some financial services. So if they if they would open a, a Bitso bank account and receive, for example, some funds, they would be able to send it to any bank account in Mexico or any debit account in Mexico. So we have, we have for example, you can make your bill payments uh, with Bitso. So let's say that a person receives three, $300 every month 
through a remittance from from the U.S., and he uses most of it for bill payments. What could actually happen is the person in the U.S. could send it over to the person in Mexico, and the person in Mexico could pay directly all their bill payments through BITSO. Hmm. So they, they, they could use it for uh, financial transactions. So that is something that we're really interested, not only bringing new customers that are interested in, in Bitcoin, but for them to see that there are use cases that would help throughout their life and, and make things simpler. Instead of going to, to somewhere remote to have their, their money in cash and, and this high commissions and fees and a bad exchange rate, they could do it directly through us with an interconnection that we do with, with, with a partner uh, for them to send over the money and to pay, make all their bill payments or to withdraw the money to their bank accounts. Well, what about merchants, though? Uh, is there Are there a lot of merchants in Mexico that, you know, accept credit cards that would be open to accepting Bitcoin or maybe they only do cash and they want to accept Bitcoin? Are you seeing yes, that? Is I, there an option there? Yes. Actually, last month we did a, a, a meetup here in Mexico about merchants, about some restaurants that were accepting Bitcoin. There aren't so many merchants. There are like around 100 merchants in the whole Mexico that accept Bitcoin payments. But uh, we offer some incentives for that. Like we don't charge anything. If, if they use the Bitso payment processor, we don't charge anything. So if they, if they have uh, a customer that wants to pay 500 pesos, for example, they would have 500 pesos back into their bank account, something that wouldn't happen with a credit or debit card where they, where they take a fee of the total amount. So we, we have some merchants that are interested, some restaurants, we have some travel agencies, and we have some, some diff, different type of companies that are interested. There isn't still a, like a, a great adoption. Uh, and we also have a BitPay that settled through us. So also, and the the merchants that BitPay acquires in Mexico, we help them out with those settlements. So that makes them easier for them to come to the Mexican market and not having to establish a company in Mexico to operate in Mexico to just interconnect to us. Uh, but where we think there will be the highest growth, more than merchants, is for the international payment parts. So for merchants that want to pay for for their providers or or their or their partners to the U.S., to Canada, to China, to Japan, or other countries, that's where we see more potential. That makes sense. Um, any curiosities? Since you know Mexico better than most, I'm sure. How do the people there use, you know, fiat or Bitcoin differently than other countries in the world that you've seen? Any insights for listeners? Yes, there is there is something very um, curious in, in Mexico and some part of Latin America. For example, for e-commerce, you would think like in the U.S., most people would use a credit or debit card. In Mexico, they mm -hmm. use cash. So there has been you some mean, interesting you, use you? cases. Sorry. Like, like that's strange. What do you mean? So if I go, if I'm in Mexico, and I order something from uh, Amazon Mexico or something, uh -huh. how do I pay cash? Do I do cash on delivery, or how does it work? Yeah, some 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 online commerce do, uh, yeah, deliver versus payment. But what others do is that uh, here there are some um, some stores called, for example, Oxxo and 7-Eleven. 
well, like you have in the U.S. 7-Eleven here, you, almost in every corner you have a Oxo or 7-Eleven or an extra store where they can receive deposits. So what they do is they would buy something, they would generate an, an, uh, an invoice to be paid in, in cash, they would go to the Oxo or 7-Eleven, pay it in cash, and afterwards send a proof of payment. So hmm. they do that to avoid using their credit card or the debit card. This might be because they don't have one, or because they don't trust the page, or because they don't want someone online to have their their information. So th that is something very curious that online commerce have to adapt here in, in Mexico and some parts of Latin America. And that, that was also something very interesting that happened in Mexico. So OXO is, uh, for example, the the biggest uh, the, the the biggest uh, convenience store in Mexico. So when they started uh, receiving payments, and they also can, uh, you can also take out a Oxo Saldazo card. They, they'd say that uh, the amount of bank tellers almost doubled in Mexico because of this license that they had to receive payments and to create debit cards. And also, something interesting that happens in, in Mexico is that most don't use online banking. So they would withdraw cash from an ATM, or they would go to a teller. Okay. Why do you they think these things are? Much. Some of them, so for example, we, we've asked some customers, and some say, well, I never took out my, my codes, and I think it's, it's complicated to do that. It's, some of them is that people don't know it would make their life easier and simpler and don't want to test. Other is because they simply do not trust online platforms and prefer to rather avoid using them. Okay. Interesting. So there's a lack of trust. Do you think yeah. that will help foster the adoption of Bitcoin, or do you think that unless Bitcoin gets a lot more friendly and easier to use, that it's going to slow adoption in Mexico? Yeah. Yes, that's one of the that's one of the things that we're working hard of, of making the adoption and the experience better and easier for the customer. So they would, for example, use Bitso to make all these online payments or use Bitcoin to do the payments, and forget about um, having to trust someone with your banking information. So yes, part of it is making a better user experience and developing more use cases. And for people to see that when they do a, a Bitcoin payment or when they do a payment through Bitso, it would get processed and they will have no problems with it and they will have the money in the bank. Hmm. Okay. Well, very good. So last last couple of questions. What, um, what's your roadmap for 2017 look like? What do you guys want to do with Bitso and, and what do you want to implement and roll out? One of the most important ones that was the one that I told you about, about having um, having a better user experience and for people um, to be able to send and receive money easily, regardless of its pesos, if it's Bitcoin, or if it's Ether, whatever. If they, they're an, an easy experience for them to use the the, the exchange or use our, our, our wallet. Um, to have an, an interaction with their money, and for them to have um, have access to financial services uh, easily with a click. So for them to have a simplified, for example, online banking or a simplified uh, financial services companies, 
in their computer or probably in the future in, in their phone. Um, we, we still don't have a wallet, but it's, it's something that we want to do. Uh, and for them to interact with their money with a much simpler interface and uh, making it life simpler for them and more friendly, regardless, regardless of, the, of what they want to use as money. So that is one something very important, and also continue doing um, uh, partnerships around the world. Uh, fortunately, we have uh, various partnerships, but we want to make them grow, and we have to we want to have more partnerships in in order to interconnect Mexico with different financial services around the world using blockchain or Bitcoin. Oh, very good. Any um, well, last question. So, what's the best way for folks to start interacting with Bitso? Um, you know, get a wallet, get an account, start trading, etc. Yeah, well, simply go online to bitso.com, open an account. What I tell people, is, it doesn't matter if you don't have a lot of money, just put 100 pesos, which would be around $5, deposit, and at least buy your first Bitcoins and learn how to use the technology. Send it to another person, receive it, and just feel comfortable using it. Um, I, I, I think that that's the first step. It doesn't matter how much money. It's for you to start knowing how how the platform works in one in, on one place, and also how Bitcoin works. Like how can you trace your transactions? How can you send it? How can you receive it? The confirmations. How how does the system work? And also, I mean, unfortunately, it, it has been also a a use case here in Mexico, the Mexican peso last year was one of the one of the currencies that suffered more against dollar. So it it has also been a sort of safe haven for for some Mexicans. So regardless of you use it to experiment and to know how to use the technology, or if you are using it as to preserve the value of your money, either ways, just start using it and and uh, it, it can be in Bitso, it can be somewhere else, but just get familiar with the technology and what it does and how to use it. Okay, well, very good. Jose, thanks so much for taking the time to do the interview. And, um, you know, Mexico is a big country, a lot of people that need a lot of help and, and access to Bitcoin and, and banking. So thanks so much for what you do. Thank you very much. We'll be in contact. Thank you. You've been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.